Dear Mr. Zuckerberg, I paid for an ad for a gardening course for men that I teach. No pansies gardening. But I got a notice that it's been removed for hate speech. I would like to submit for review, please, because we don't actually garden pansies. Signed, Al. Well, Al, good luck with that, because in about two seconds... Wait a second! I just got hit with another strike for submitting my request for a review? That doesn't seem fair. Yeah, Al, none of it does. <laughs> just you wait, buddy. Oh, come on! Another strike just for clicking the I don't agree button? And now I can't even post? How am I supposed to advertise now? Good question, Al. And I think I may have an answer for you. And for everyone else that's been in the same boat as you. Are you like Al? You got your own business and you need to advertise, but it seems all the normal platforms just aren't working out because, well, they're woke and you're not. Yeah, we've been there too, but we want to help. We have an ever-growing audience on our show, and we're looking for Christian-owned businesses that want to advertise to men and women that are looking for honest, quality-driven products and services. If you like our show, our humor, and our production, send us an email at contact at thepatriarchypodcast.com with a brief description of your business, product, or service, along with the kind of advertising you're looking for on our show, and let's talk. Don't end up like poor Al over here. Oh, good grief! Now I have to submit my driver's license, a blood sample, and my firstborn child as tribute to Zuckerberg just to be able to submit another ad? Yeah, Al, it's not worth it, buddy. Send an email to contact at thepatriarchypodcast.com. Let's talk about advertising your business on our show outside of the confines of Zuckerberg and all the others. This is how we disable toxic masculinity. We need to kill all men. It's pagan patriarchalism that is coming back out of the shadows. Feminists hate patriarchy. It's the woman that runs the show and the woman that runs the community and is the backbone of, of that area. I'm a nasty woman. A loud, vulgar, proud woman. Patriarchy. patriarchy. You are a male privilege. Are you saying you have authority over me? Go eat your superior! I personally can't see why egalitarianism would be a bad thing. The assumption that wives should make babies instead of money is part of the patriarchy. Don't you say hi to strange women you don't know. Patriarchy. The patriarchy. 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 Form my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. And that is Psalm chapter 139, verses 13 to 14. You are on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, and you are listening to The Patriarchy. My name is Tony DePani, and I am joined by my co-host, Pastor Joseph Randall Spurgeon. Woman, get back in here and make me a sandwich. 
Joseph, what kind of sandwich are you eating today? Well, you know, yesterday was uh, 4th of July, and so we got out kind of our American food all out. So we're trying to eat some Italian. You said American. Um, you said American food. Yeah. Why, why are you eating Italian food? It's American food. No, no, we had American yesterday. Today we're going to eat Italian. We kind of oh. got... Oh, you know, so you're going to culturally appropriate something after America Day. Okay, I see how it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're eating... Um, oh, man. Oh, I can't remember the name of this stuff. Um, come on, man. You're, you can help me out. Um, mayo. Not spaghetti or, or Alfredo. Um, oh, that's right. It's Italian. I was trying to think of sandwiches. Like actual what do you sandwiches. call it when a tortoise has uh, balance issues? <laughs> Wait, what? How did we go from Italian to tortoise? Oh, uh, tortellini. Oh, and and so that that's that's what we're having. So that just that's that's the only way I can remember what it's called. Uh, <laughs> so okay. So, anyways, my wife is like uh, sends me out to the store to get all this stuff yeah. for it, and so. But on the way out the door, she's like, "Make sure to put some ketchup on the list." What? Now I'm at the store and I can't read anything on this list at all. It's all oh, just covered with ketchup. Oh, these are just getting worse. And I got some of the ketchup in my eye. Okay. And I learned Heinz sight is not always 2020. Oh, make it stop. Okay. Yeah. Well. So. Yeah. So I haven't had my sandwich yet, but hopefully we'll get that turtle straightened back out and. Uh huh. Yeah. Get some good Italian food. Have a little Italian. A little Italian. A beat the ball. Hey, you're insulting my people here. Right? <laughs> I thought you could say uh, something about like the tortellini beating the hair or something, but uh, okay. No, I don't eat rabbit. You know why I don't eat rabbit? Uh, no, but I, I dare I ask? Because well, if you do, you get hair in your mouth. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So okay. You, you about done now? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yes, I. I that's a, a spicy meatball. Uh, yeah. Come on, Tony. You can do it better. You, you uh, even have the name. If you're gonna say it right, you gotta say it like this. If you do a thing for me, I do this thing for you. You, you scratch my back, I, I scratch yours. There you go. Thank you. Thank you, Godfather. Thank you. I, I feel like I need the Godfather theme here somewhere. Well, I don't have a, a spicy meatball. Um, in fact, mine not, wasn't really Italian, but it was a sandwich and it was actually real. Like all my sandwiches. Um, Are you it, telling me that Italian food's not real? Your Are Italian you racist? food, your Italian food Are you is not racist. Wait, how am I racist against my own people? <laughs> I mean, it's white boy summer, but are you? Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. You don't even. You don't even. Now you can tell me tortellini is not a real thing. Oh uh, well, yeah. You know, as long as it's the same color as me. Um, so I had a chicken sandwich. So uh, it was just a breaded chicken breast, um, on just a normal hamburger bun. Had some like fried chicken. Uh no no like uh. I don't know, you know, like just a, a breaded chicken. Oh, no, not, pit, not, chick, like chicken patty. Sorry, like breaded chicken patty. Not, not, not grilled chicken, the fried chicken. Correct, not grilled. Yeah. All right, so what race eats that? What? <laughs> 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 I'm leaving. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Okay. Uh, <clears throat> future me, cut that out. Um, <laughs> Leave that in, please. Somewhere, somewhere there's a uh, there's a Facebook censor just waiting to click cancel on that post. Um, no, it was, it was uh, actually it wasn't even chicken breast. I'm sorry. It was a breaded chicken patty, um, just on just on a hamburger bun with some uh, cheese and ketchup and lettuce and tomato. Just a breaded chicken patty. I don't think any race wants to eat a breaded chicken patty. I mean, hey, that, that's. White boys do, apparently. Okay. <laughs> no, we, we were something the kids like, so occasionally we, we do something a little more processed that the kids like once in a while, but not too often. But yeah, it's not bad. It was okay. Yeah. But was it Tyson? Good question. I don't know. Um, could have been. Could have been. Although I will say this uh, Walmart brand chicken nuggets are actually pretty awesome. I know that's probably not real chicken, but I got to tell you, Walmart brand chicken nuggets are. are Pretty good. I don't know what the brand is, but it's it's whatever they're. Are they like are. Wendy's nuggets or McDonald's nuggets? Like what? Like if you had to compare them, uh, more like Wendy's. All right, I, I don't like McDonald's nuggets. Whatever's whatever the thing that they call chicken and McDonald's <laughs> nuggets, I don't like. I uh, the I Wendy's enjoy, ones. Yeah, I enjoy good. the Wendy's one. That's probably why I like these. I like them. Yeah. So that, that's basically what it was. But I can't remember what we had with it. It was kind of a uh, summer type meal. So we had like I think we had chips and you know just stuff like that that you'd have like when you're going to eat outside like a picnic or something like that so it was good and no my wife did not make the chicken patty herself she didn't grind up the chicken and force it into a patty mold or however they do that actually i have no idea how they do that why why are you even suggesting that i know she's too busy making the potato chips for you to be able to she's she's skinning the potatoes (laughs) she's out back and i need to go get more potatoes for the potato chips honey Need to go Your wife's potatoes. last name is Lays. <laughs> <laughs> that was her maiden name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Her middle name is Frito. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. So, all right. Let's go. Let's do our segment. You want to do that? You want to want to want to dive into this wonderful world that we're about to dive into. Yeah, so th- th- we're making a quite a big transition here. Yes, we are. I don't yes. really know how to do this transition well because this is the. I don't think there is a way to do this one well. Bruce Jenner does better transitions than you do. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Let's uh, let's get into this. Atheism is stupid. All right, this comes to us from the Young Turks. Oh, yeah, who? The Young Turks on YouTube. So let's let's brace ourselves. Sorry, folks. Yeah, brace I, yourself. yeah, that's, yeah. Let's. I to be fair, I've not heard this. I think Joseph's heard part of it at least. But uh, we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna. Well, is this gonna be another react episode? We're gonna. Is this, yeah, just, yeah. This okay. really is kind of a react episode. Maybe we ought to before you play the clip. Let's set the stage. You know, we're still. We're still celebrating white boy summer. We're celebrating, <laughs> you know, we're celebrating Roe v. Wade being overturned. Uh, uh, when the court came down with that, my old church and I, we went and launched a bunch of fireworks. And so we're celebrating that. There's a lot of work to do to end abortion now. Like it hasn't ended everything, but that's what's been on my mind a lot. Our presbytery put out a state on abortion. And so I think what we're getting ready to listen to is actually from a couple of years ago uh, yeah, in is. which the Young Turks actually anticipate 
uh, Roe v. Wade being overturned. So uh, they'll they'll say some things that actually do come to pass. So it's kind of even better then. It's kind of like watching them dread their nightmare and then knowing their nightmare came true. All right. (laughs) Take pleasure in that. All right, here we go. Voters in both Alabama and West Virginia approved ballot initiatives on Tuesday, which was the day of the midterm elections, that will update the state constitutions to declare that abortion rights are not guaranteed. And of course, this is a move that will severely curtail reproductive rights in the states. Now, I'm gonna keep it real. This, these ballot initiatives straight out ban abortion. As soon as the Supreme Court, if the Supreme Court, rolls back Roe v. Wade or does away with Roe v. Wade, that's when these ballot initiatives go into effect. Essentially outright banning abortion. Can we correct that real quick? Yeah, so uh, again, this was like 2018, so she's talking about midterms. So it's even before Trump was still in office. And you know, I'm thankful for these ballot initiatives because now that Roe v. Wade's being overturned, the battle has gone into the states mm-hmm. and what the pro aborts are doing like in Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky had one of these trigger laws that somewhat ended abortion. This, the the pro aborts in Kentucky sued in the city of Louisville. And their argument is that the state, the state constitution protects abortion. And so they got the, the trigger, the trigger law temporarily, or at least, um, uh, temporarily, uh, what do you want to say, uh, restrained or, or kept from being an, an, an enacted. So yeah. they're still able to do abortions. But in West Virginia, where they put this in the Constitution, uh, that actually takes out the argument of the pro-aborts it, in, in, from a state level. Gotcha. So she's right that like, yeah, this had some teeth. Now, back in 2018, it all, it was kind of, uh, 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 I don't know that any of the pro-lifers thought that actually Roe v. Wade would be overturned in 2018. I know I didn't. And so it was probably much easier to pass back then. So in Kentucky, for example, um, in uh, November, the same kind of ballot initiative will be on the the, uh, the ballot. And so it'll be interesting to see if if that gets passed or not by Kentucky which uh, I'm praying that it does because that it cuts off the argument again. If it doesn't get passed, it's going to be really difficult because now the Supreme Court will then look and see, have some kind, it's evidence that like, well, I guess the, the Constitution does protect abortion. So, but you said, can we correct her? I kind of went off in the wrong way. So why don't you correct her? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I was, well, I guess to be fair, I don't actually know the, specifics of that particular one if it's the same ones that exist now but what i was just going to say is the correction is the correction i've been making elsewhere and i'm not trying to be a wet blanket on roe v wade being overturned because i am glad it is but there currently is yeah debbie downer um i there currently is not a state that has any law or trigger law that actually completely bans abortion every state still has a health or life of the mother exception um, that's what I was aiming at just now. I know to the pro-choice crowd, they're still freaking out about anything 
And then on the conservative side, we pretty much will take anything, unfortunately. But just yeah, and none of them actually so, yeah. make it a felony murder. Like correct, charge. it's always it's always the abortionist, the one who's gone after, and the uh, the mother uh, basically gets away scot free. So yeah, so okay, we want to keep going. Yep. All right, let's do it. Now in um, Alabama, it goes a little further because they would give personhood rights to a fetus, a zygote. Sperm though, sperm is not life. It's only life as soon as it enters a woman's body. No, <laughs> it's still not life until it merges with an egg and actually These becomes alive. Do not, they do not know uh, basic biology. biology. They're, just, they're just idiots. I don't even know like, if they don't know it. I think they just don't want to admit it. Man, I, I don't know, man. I think man, that was really ridiculous. It was really kind of just stupid. It is, but I don't. I still think so, I stand by it to a point. I think they just want to deny it, but it. Either way, it's dumb. So what we know though is that life begins at conception, mm-hmm. which is when the sperm fertilizes the egg, and there is a new. Life, mm-hmm. it has its own unique DNA. All the chromosomes needed for it to be a human being. If it has Down syndrome, it'll have one more chromosome, but it's still a human being. And uh, uh, it's male or female is in that DNA there. Everything encoded for human life is there at conception in the fetus, which, you know, that's that's the the sneaky way of saying that you what you don't really know what you're talking about because the word fetus is just a Latin word. Yep, little one, and it means offspring. Like if you go into the Google thing and you type in fetus for Latin to English, it'll say offspring, and then offspring you just type in the dictionary and it's like a child. It's the the son or daughter. It's the the progeny of humans or could be animals so off animals have offspring but it, it's a child or it's a 90s punk band so, yeah yeah yeah, yeah i pretty fly for a white guy white boy summer um okay. i just i yeah it annoys me when they try to use terms of development as like a a negative thing i mean it's like it, nobody tries to do that with toddler I was going to say teenager, you know, like infant, like, you know, like it was just an infant, you know, like, yeah, still a human being. Like, I don't care. Adolescent. Yeah. Right. So it's just, it's a way of not, it's a way for them to not have to say baby or human being. And they just think people are stupid. So, okay. Keep going. Here we go. That's when it's considered life. All those people who get shot up throughout the country because our politicians refuse to do anything about gun violence, uh, those people's lives don't matter. All the ch- What does that have to do with any of this? It's because this is the whole liberal talking point. Is like the whole liberal talking point on abortion is you only care about the life in the womb. You don't care about anything that happens outside the womb. And the reason we know that you don't care about anything outside the room is because you don't agree with our liberal policies, our socialist policies. Yeah. Because yeah, obviously so. if you cared about people outside the womb, then you then you automatically should be in agreement about our liberal socialistic policies. But 
you know, there's a very excluded middle there of I love and care for the child in the womb and I love and care for people outside the womb. I just don't agree with your stupid liberal progressive nonsense policies. Well, I guess the other thing is uh, what, what, <laughs> their liberal utopia of Chicago where I used to live is like just mass murdering people right now. Yeah, I mean, is that just happened yesterday on 4th of July. I know. I mean, and it's the most gun-controlled state that I know of that's near us other than California. Yeah. And so, or like... New York, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right, let's keep going. So we got a few more minutes of this. Children who are living on the streets right now who have no food because Republican politicians believe in cutting funding for food programs like SNAP... Those people's lives don't matter. Those children's lives don't matter. Who cares about them? All of those children who are risking their lives right now to cross into the United States, cross through Mexico into the United States to seek asylum out of fear for their own lives. They're not people. We don't care about their lives. See, that that annoys the heck out of me. Like There are perfectly fine ways for people to be able to come in here either for asylum or for citizenship. But hey, they should just be able to do whatever they want and cross wherever they want because open borders don't kill people. Well, here's what they're actually, it, ironically enough, they're doing the f- same thing they accuse us of doing. So what they're accusing us of doing is selectively choosing which life to preserve. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're saying we only care about life in the womb, but we don't consider these other people life. But on a, you zoom out on that same scale is what they're doing. They're saying the life of the baby coming across the border matters, but the life in the womb doesn't matter. Right. They're doing the same thing they accuse us of doing. I don't have to agree with their immigration policy to say that children should be protected, that that immigrants are human beings, the Mexicans are human beings, created in the image of God. We shouldn't murder them. Can we just start with that's not murder people? And then we can get to mm-hmm. which immigration policies are the best, which uh, best serve the country and the people that we have and, and we can how do we best protect families and children you know uh, uh, I think there's policies and things the government can do that are in, that are helpful to families and so well I think it, you have to circle back around and then you have to ask well what makes these people coming across the border worthy of our protection what makes the people getting shot worthy or I mean like what, what, what to a atheists because they are atheists on this the show what to an atheist then makes it moral or not moral then to kill or not kill somebody or protect somebody it, it really boils down to them just selectively choosing like you said who they want to identify well, as it's, it's all being. about their feels yeah all those cases were very emotional mm-hmm. like i don't know what the numbers are but i imagine the numbers of children in our country living on the streets without food pretty low yes there's a lot of kids live in poverty but there's a lot of programs there's like WIC Medicare food stamps uh, shelters Christians have put out a lot of food banks and everything else I was going to say how many food banks and shelters were made or and or operated by Christians churches parachurch organizations all that I've never seen the Richard Dawkins Hospital or or <laughs> or, or, or uh, Charles Darwin uh-huh. Food Bank. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, come on, man. 
I would not want to see the Charles Darwin food bank. I think that would, if that were operated under his his beliefs, that would that would not be a fun place. Oh man, red and tooth and claw, oh. and not from the ketchup. Oh boy, yeah. All right, so there uh, we go. Let's go a little more. As long as there's a zygote in a woman's body, that's when it matters. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, Anna. That way they can tell you what to do with your body. That's exactly I'm right. I'm sure that, that was just a random coincidence. It's uh, not about life. It's yeah. never been about life. There might be some good religious people out there who genuinely believe that it's life at the moment of conception. Oftentimes, those are the religious people who don't try to force their religion down our throats. There's another emotional appeal. We're, they're, they're not forcing their religion down our throats, but we're forcing our religion down their throats. Well, they defined good religious people as people that like don't talk know, to you about they're it. They're <laughs> stupid. They're kind of like, yeah, there's some genuine stupid people out there <laughs> that don't I mean, that don't push their their views. Yeah. And we can tolerate them, but yeah, keep going. Right. This doesn't get much better, but All right. But the ones that we do hear from don't really care about life. What they hate is the fact that women get to choose their own fate. They hate the fact that women get to control their own bodies. They wanna go back to the good old days when women didn't have a choice. Women didn't even have the right to a credit card until the 1970s. Well, so in this case in Alabama, not only does it take away abortion, but as you pointed out, but the person, what is the consequence of that? It would criminalize some forms of contraception. So they're gonna lock you up if you take the wrong kind of contraception. Is that actually true for the Alabama one? Did they actually put that in there, or are they actually, or the Young Turks actually, rightly seeing how it should be? <laughs> I think it's the latter. I think okay. uh, uh, it might be the former and the latter a little bit. So abortive fashioned uh, pills are covered. So when the trigger law, at least in Kentucky, is what I most knowledgeable of, it does say that someone may not give or prescribe potion or, or chemicals or oh, wow. medicine okay. that results in the abortion of a child. And so what the young Turks are doing and what the pro boards do is they recognize, wait a second, that actually goes to something that we've been trying to hide for a long time, which is that some forms of what is called cons- contraception actually don't just stop the conceiving of a child, but they stop the implantation of a child and cause abortions. Yes. Uh, I can't remember if we did an episode on this or not, but the, our presbytery put out a whole statement where we went in great length and great detail about these type of abortive fashion, hormonal birth control, and IUDs. We may so have in, uh, it was an early episode, the Be Fruitful and Multiply uh, with uh, Matt Truella. I think we might have talked about uh different types of birth control in that one. But yeah, what you're saying is correct. There's a lot of people that don't. I didn't know. I mean, to be fair, I did not know early in our marriage um, about that until I actually read the back of uh, the patch. If you know what I'm talking about, like the the patch that's like a big patch sticker thing you stick on, yeah, hormonal control. But that it, it basically effectively functions. As a, it makes the womb so inhospitable that, you know, a newly formed life can't implant and effectively starves and dies. And um, I did not know that until that point, um, but that was something that yeah, that's was a what, big shock uh, to me. Yeah. The, the so-called emergency contraceptives do, yes. like yeah. morning after pill, 
the IUDs do it as well. And um, IUDs, for example, we did some research that like they can cause you to abort a baby, you know, at least one in every three years. Hmm. Sheesh. So they, there's that that odds. It could be a little higher than that. But like, you know, if you're taking on the IUD for 20 years. Yeah. 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 How many babies is that? It's like six that you may have um, inadvertently aborted, slaughtered, let die because of of that so yeah they're right they are right that that actually is where the battle's going whether pro-life people will have the stomach for it or not is another thing and whether the gop the republicans who have up to this point been able to talk the talk and roe v wade kind of gave them cover so we're about to find out what who's made of what yeah yeah i've said that recently too that we'll, we'll find out well, even just uh, the opposition coming back, like there was that, um, the, uh, what is it, like the Satanists and stuff like that went to the Supreme Court when the pro-life people were there and they were doing all sorts of crazy stuff and cursing them and all that kind of stuff. But it was interesting to see people being like, this is crazy. And then the rest of us <laughs> had done this for a while being like, this is welcome to the show. <laughs> but I feel for them because if they've never experienced that before, it is jarring the first time that happens. It is it is kind of crazy because people, you know, you kind of think in your modern day and age, like, ah, oh, witches don't exist. And these people don't actually, you know, cast incantations on people and all these kind of crazy stuff that, you know, you think you otherwise would see in a movie. And then when it happens to you for the first time, it's kind of like, wow, this is, this is it's real. Really out there. Like this is actually, yeah. this still happens, you know? And so I, 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 while I've seen that before and that's happened to me multiple times, probably you too. I feel for him. I feel for him being kind of like, wow, this is this is nuts. But it is one of those things that that and all the other pushback and the legislation and all this kind of stuff is really going to test them uh, to see if they're they're really going to do this. Um, because you're right, the, the Roe v. Wade is now out, so there is no more excuse for that. But so anyway, we're talking here one with one more thing. Chemical. One more thing. Yeah, go ahead. one more thing before she you, you go on. She talked about how we want to hold women back and all that stuff, and, and what the, they're talking about any kind of traditional view on on womanhood and manhood that a, a wife submits to her husband anything like that or that mm-hmm. her focus should be at the home but n- did you notice the example of what they gave as freedom for the woman was she says it wasn't until the 1970s that a woman could get what credit card and what is a credit card ultimately debt <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. Their great freedom is debt. Debt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> which is, you know, in some form, the, 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 the borrower is slave to the lender. I mean, yeah. Their great freedom is debt. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, why don't you go on? All right. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, you, you should have your head examined if you live in Saudi, Alabama. Uh, and uh, if you're a woman, get out, get out before Kavanaugh and the other guys take away Roe versus Wade. Otherwise, they're gonna take away your rights and they're gonna imprison you because of their religion. That's what they do in Saudi Arabia. That's what Alabama's turned into. So they say, oh no, no, it's okay because it's not Islam, it's Christianity. No, that makes no difference in our constitution. We're not supposed to establish any religion. If- you, wanna, you wanna comment on that? Sure, yeah, I mean, None of these trigger laws 
have criminalized women. Even the most strongest, uh, stringent uh, uh, abolition bill that you can put out doesn't criminalize women. As in, like, you're, it's a crime to be a woman. Right. <laughs> it doesn't force anybody to have a child or to get pregnant and just become a baby maker. Yeah. None of that happens. It stops people from murdering kids, period. Now, even now, that's the strongest abolition laws, but none of these trigger laws are those like they all fall short of that because none of them criminalize actual the woman who procures the abortion. There's no punishment for her that. And that's a huge battle that I think we need to have because if children are going to be treated with justice and equity and not partiality, we need to have that discussion because a woman who procures an abortion is committing murder and nobody has the right to say that she's not. Nobody has the right to to absolve her of her guilt except for God. But if you don't punish the women for murdering their kids, it, it's almost going into what they're trying to say here where you really are at that point then viewing them as lesser than human. Because there, there is, I, I think there was a congressman sometime back, I'm going to probably butcher the quote, I have no idea what his name was, I can't remember, but he said that there is no more, uh, uh, like, testament to the uh, equality of the worth of human life than the death, the death penalty, like, than capital punishment for murder. And, it, which is true, because if, if you take somebody's life, how do you pay that back? You, you, you can't. You can't pay it back with time in jail, you can't pay it back with money, you can't pay it back with stuff. It's, it's a human life. And if you don't do it, then you're basically saying, well, that person is only worth <laughs> this much of whatever you gave, whether yeah, it was yeah. 50 years in prison or something like that. But um, that, that's, that's sort of the irony of, of not punishing women is you, you are kind of having a lesser view of women at that point. You're kind of being like, ah, yeah, no. you're removing. Yeah, they're, they're not moral agents. Yeah, yeah, that's what well, I mean. You know, yeah. Feminism has been fighting forever that like women have to be able to be on par and equal with men. Mm-hmm. And they can't be slaves. And yet the one thing that abortion does is remove their moral agency and it makes them into victims. Like they're always the victim of a man, which means that they're like dependent upon men again. And uh, uh, they're not equal. Uh, I mean, so it it undermines their own argument. Yep. So, yeah, that's that's it. Let's keep keep going. Don't like that. Get out of the country. You don't belong here, you're un-American. Because our constitution says we shall not establish a religion. And by the way, you're wrong about your Bible and you've been misled, you've been lied to. So Stop for a second. Okay. I want to talk about the constitution and then we'll talk to his silliness that he's about to go into. <laughs> okay. Which is the real reason we wanted to play this clip in the first place. Okay. The constitution as written, as formed was designed to stop an establishment of religion at the federal level. And by an establishment of religion, it primarily had in mind a denomination. Correct, yeah. So that there would not be a national church mm-hmm. where you gave ties to that national church. There was some, in the federal government, separation from a state church. And the reason why was twofold. One, most of the colonies that were going to ratify the Constitution had their own state churches. 
And so the idea that we're going to unite these 13 colonies, the only way they would be able to be willing to unite together in a federal government is if you're not going to come in and undermine their state church by saying now they all have to submit to this other state church. So up until the 1800s, there were still state churches, even years, 30 or 40 years after the ratification of the Constitution. Uh, the second reason they, they uh, some of like, you know, Virginia was much more open to uh, um, religious liberty for all in a sense of, uh, of uh, a more modern view of that. But even, even in that sense, none of the framers of the Constitution, none of the early politicians and political leaders saw a separation between God and state and God and the federal government. Which is why one of the very first things the Congress does is publish a Bible in the United States. The first English Bible was published by Congress in the United States, printed, funded. They had church services in the Capitol building. That's why Washington talks about religion being a foundation and and John Adams and, and all the founders uh, so this idea that like uh, if Christianity influences government, we've somehow gotten away from our founding is just ridiculous. So, well, th- they want to, they want desperately to take that out of it because if they do, they take out an absolute standard from the morality that is recognized, not instituted, but recognized in the Constitution, and that's what they want to do because they want to redefine it. They want it, they want to be their morality, which can change on a whim. Is based on like what we were saying earlier. It's emotion, um, so I, I think that's where they want to go with it. They want to they want to take that out. They desperately want to erase any Christian heritage because they have to first, so that they could put their own subjective morality into this. All right, you want to keep going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go on. Look, I I get super frustrated with the southern states, other red states in this country, but we often talk about how much I like West Virginia and Kentucky and some of those places. I've been to all those states and greatly enjoyed it, and I love this country. We feature West Virginia politicians all the time. But I have to be honest with you, your religious and political leaders have kept you in ignorance. The Bible is actually pro-abortion. That's a fact. It's Numbers 511 to 31. You can read it for yourself. I'm gonna read you just a very small portion of it. But if you don't believe me, that's okay. Don't even Google it, don't trust the internet, don't trust any research. Just go pick up your own Bible, wherever you have a Bible, turn to Numbers 511 to 31. So this- uh Wow, he's actually telling people to go go pick up a Bible. I'm I'm good with that. (laughs) Yeah, he's actually from, I listened to this earlier, from this on out, he's gonna start to sound like some kind of weird preacher. Oh like he's he's going to start to sermonize for us. What now? Do we know what translation he's using? Is it the message? Yes. So this is going to be important. This is an important point. Okay. Uh, uh, so uh, um, Numbers five eleven through thirty one mm-hmm. is a strange passage to us for several reasons. One is we just don't seem see adultery as that serious. So you know in the Old Testament adultery was a capital crime punished by death. God upholds the marriage covenant because for one, marriage produces life, children. It's important for mothers and fathers. It's the building, family is the building block of 
civilization of the state and of the church. And uh, also marriage pictures the gospel. And so to distort the gospel was a huge deal with adultery. So when you get to a passage that's dealing with like adultery and discovering, is this really my wife being faithful? We find it weird, but you know, we it's in our day, we still have ways to think about this in the same kind of way. Like we have like the Jerry Springer show and, uh, um, uh, what's the other kind of show? Uh, one of those daytime. Oh, yeah. Maury or Maury. Dr. Phil. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is where becoming it's that. like, yeah, yeah. where like, is this child mine? You so we are the pr- father. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we have paternal tests. So yeah, we still kind of have the idea. I want to know if this is my child. I want to know if my wife is cheating on me kind of deal. So the, in numbers five, a man suspects his w- wife is cheating on him and she, uh, uh, but he doesn't necessarily have like the evidence as like he didn't walk in and catch her. Maybe it's because she's gotten pregnant and she, uh, uh, uh the timing ain't working out for him. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, it could be just some other thing that he's been observing. She's not pregnant. The scripture, the passage doesn't actually say anything about the woman being pregnant, which is an important point. And so then what happens is as we get in there, you're going to, he's going to read it to us in the NIV. And that's very important because the NIV and one other English translation uh, take an interesting reading that is not a very literal word for word reading on this. And uh, uh, almost every other other translation, English translation, says something different. So the fact that he's reading the NIV uh, should clue us off that they selected this particular translation for this thing. So that's, uh, let's listen to what it says. Portion says, it's about a woman, uh, and if you're not sure if your wife has cheated on you. If you have gone astray while married to your husband, and you have made yourself impure by having sexual relations with a man other than your husband, here the priest is to put the women under this curse. May the Lord cause you to become a curse among your people when he makes your womb miscarry and your abdomen swell. May this water that brings a curse enter your body so that your abdomen swells or your womb miscarries. It is clear as day. There is no question about it. If you don't believe me, just go read the Bible. It is pro-abortion. It's not even pro-choice, it's pro-abortion. It says if you think your wife has cheated on you, give her a toxic potion and make sure that she has an abortion. I didn't say it, I didn't. All right, go ahead. Did you see what he just did? I mean, hopefully our listeners are that discerning to see what he just did. He just, he read it. Even in the NIV, and then he put some, he did some eisegesis at the end, like where he said, if like you suggest, think your wife's cheating on you, go give her abortion potion and make her get an abortion if she was cheating on you. Even in the NIV, it's not even close to saying that. We really need to examine the passage a little closer. He was kind of jumping around and he was reading into it. 
And so uh, let's go back a little bit and look at it again. So if you're suspecting your wife cheating on you, you bring her to the priest. It's for a test. And the test involves her, uh, the, the priest reading to her a, uh, a curse with a scroll that's written on it that she repeats it back. Basically, she's taking an oath that she's innocent. Right. And then there's a mixture of holy water, which is not like the kind of like vampires are against or whatever. It's, <laughs> so this is really a vampire test. It's, it's the waters. <laughs> It's the water the priest had prayed over that they used for ritual cleansing of the utensils and everything else. There's nothing, there's no chemicals in it. There's nothing uh, in particular about the water other than it's been prayed for and blessed. So it's that kind of water. There's dust or dirt from the floor put into the water. And then the scroll with the curse is put into the water and it's stirred up. So... Let's start off right off the bat. Unless I'm completely mistaken, I don't know of any any person that would suggest that that is a something that can cause an abortion in and of itself in those chemicals. Water, dirt, and paper that's right. with some ink on it. Right. Right. So there is nothing that we would use today to cause an abortion in that. It's not an abortion potion, which is why like a person who can drink it, who is not committed adultery and nothing happened to them. It is an element. We It's very similar to how God uses the sacraments to be means of grace, that he uses real elements here, but it's actually the miraculous power of God that actually works in this. So no, when you don't think your wife's cheating on you, you go get her an abortion. That's not what happened. She drinks this. She takes an oath. And then scripture says, and like verse 27, this is the new American standard. It says, you know, if she's been lying, it says it has been unfaithful to her husband, that the water, which brings a curse will go into her and cause bitterness and her abdomen will swell and her thigh will waste away. And the woman will become a curse among her people. But if the woman is not defiled herself and is clean, she will then be free and conceive children. So let's get back to what I was talking about the NIV. And this is where the important part is. I, that part about uh, uh, how to translate that. Her abdomen will swell and her thigh will waste away. That's literally what it says in the Hebrew. Yeah. And... Every, the vast majority of English translations speak that way. One English translation, which is more of a paraphrase, says her womb will shrivel. The message, which is a complete paraphrase, says that her 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 womb will shrivel and she won't be able to have children. Wow, that's a that's it, a leap. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's where they're getting it. Here's where the NIV is getting it. The NIV and maybe one other newer translation is taking that phrase, her thigh will waste away. And they are suggesting that that isn't Jewish idiom for a miscarriage. And so oftentimes, you know, like there's a lot of Jewish idioms in the Bible, like Mm -hmm. Adam knew his wife, Mm -hmm. which means they had sex. So 
and there's some evidence that this could be that idiom. So some Jewish uh, 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 commentaries and things from rabbis speak of it as a miscarriage. Some of it speaking as a closing of the womb. But if you look at this passage, that kind of leaves us with two little options of how to best translate the passage. One is what is called the disfigurement view. And that's when she drinks it. It just disfigures her body. Okay. Like her thigh waste away or she swells. She gets sick. And basically her body's disfigured. And she's a curse. She's not able to, to probably not able to have children. Uh, uh, and you can imagine that's a bad it's a bad thing to happen to you. Yeah, it's definitely a curse, yeah. And if that happens, I mean, it's obviously miraculous. Now, like I said well, earlier, we live in a day with no fear of God, right? We have no shame over our sexual immorality. And so the, the fact that God might disfigure somebody because of adultery, that just sounds harsh. But, you know, God hates sin. He hates adultery because mm-hmm. it destroys the family. And it makes a mockery of his gospel. And so the consequences may be that she's disfigured. And it's not only because she committed adultery, actually. She committed adultery and she did something else. What else did she do? She lied. Well, she yeah. she took an oath and lied. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She took an oath before God. Yeah. Yeah. Like there before God. And, and God knows the truth of this. And so it's very important. Like if the disfigurement part is true, then there's no baby involved. It has even less to do with abortion, right? Right. The, actually, the only thing you might walk away from this related to abortion is that if she was truthful, the Bible says her she's able to have children, she's fruitful. Yeah. And so the Bible is actually teaching here the opposite of what the pro-aborts say, right? It's teaching that fruitfulness is good. And uh, I think there's good reason to take this meaning because what if you suspect your wife's cheating on you, but she's not pregnant? You, is this the process? There's nothing in the passage that says there's a different process if your wife is not pregnant for doing this. So uh, uh, to take the other view, which I'll talk about in just a second, you have to assume it's only dealing with a pregnant woman. Gotcha. Okay. So if we just take this uh, uh, as we just said here, which is literally what the passage says, then... It has nothing whatsoever to do with abortion, which is a woman going and killing her own child. If anything, it says that that would that a woman having children is the blessing because she was honest and truthful and she's been faithful. Hmm. So, okay, but what about the other way, which is that uh, there is an idiom and it is causing a miscarriage. Does that actually change anything in the argument? Does it change anything in the argument? Argument being what the Bible promotes abortion. Abortion. Yeah. Does it actually, does that actually confirm if, if this passage is talking about a miscarriage that she takes the oath and she's cursed and God causes her to have a miscarriage. Is that then an argument that the Bible is in support of abortion? No, because she's not the one doing it. Right. She didn't go to the priest and be like, hey, guess what? I'd like to kill my baby. Can you give me this dirt, you know, potion thing and so I could take it and be done with this? 
Yeah, but her husband did. So you got to remember, Tony, like in that day, women had no rights. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And so this is they all. They didn't have credit cards her. yet. So they certainly weren't people. So <laughs> yes, they weren't massive debt. And <laughs> yeah, but you got to even that falls apart because like uh, uh, her husband doesn't know and right. whether she's committed adultery or not. He has some suspicion. Right. And, but. Let's just say that it's a miscarriage. Well, we already know this, that God often punishes multiple generations. Like, right, those who take his name in vain or, or uh, he will not hold guiltless, right? Punished to the to the uh, uh, second or third generation. But yeah, yeah, he's merciful to the thousandth generation, mm-hmm. right? And you remember when David committed adultery, what happened? His child died. Yep, and 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 when and and then when the baby died, David, David actually was mourning while the baby was alive. When the David when the baby died, David didn't like get up and become an atheist, blame God, assault the character of God. Neither did Bathsheba. We actually have, I think, good evidence that Bathsheba helped write the end of Proverbs, or at least influenced Solomon in writing the book of Proverbs is what I mean. Like he was writing from his, his mother's teaching. You mean she didn't, which, she didn't put on a pink wig and go to the women's March and make no, your own. She, she wasn't like, yeah. I'm a rape victim and I'm yeah. uh, uh, proud of, I'm not shouting my abortion. No, yeah. David didn't fault God at all because he knew it was his own fault. Mm-hmm. And what we need to know is our sin has consequences for those around us. And, that means, sadly, the sins of fathers impact our children. Yeah. And we all know this, right? Everybody has a dad. We all know that our fathers and our mother's sins impact us in some ways in which we are somewhat the innocent party, like where we didn't commit their sins. We have our own sins. So any judgment God would put on us is rightfully so. And everyone who ha- is a father knows that your sins impact your children, right? Uh, man, I hate to see it, but I see it. Like I see, I got seven kids, so I have the all seven of my deadly sins. Each one of my ch- children seems to have. <laughs> that, please don't, please don't list which one is which on the show. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, they, I know. The, I know. And, and, and you see it, and it makes you mad and angry because you see your own sins and your kids. Man, isn't that the truth, too, when you see it? Like, when you when you see them do something, and, and there's like this, you get mad at them, and then there's just, I don't know, something kind of clicks in your head, and you recognize yourself, like, in that. Like, you go, where did they learn that? You know, like, in your head, and then you're like, oh, man, that's me. Like, mm-hmm. my sons were outside the other day, and we had some other kids from church over. And one of my sons went around the shed and peed in a cup <laughs> and then threw the pee in the air oh. and it got on people. Oh, and I realized, <laughs> like, I disciplined them pretty difficult, hard for that. Like, they were grounded and spanked mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. talked to them about the appropriateness of it. And the whole time I was thinking, this is something stupid I would have done as a kid. And I was thinking, this is partially my fault. Because maybe people get mad at me for saying this, but like my kids have, they're like house flies. 
So you know when you house flies like you open the door and they immediately come into your house, they're like they can't wait to get into your house. Uh-huh. And then as soon as you're in your house, they spend all their time at the window trying to get back out. <laughs> yes. Kids are the reverse of that. Uh-huh. They're like they want to get outside. I can't even wait to get us outside. As soon as they get outside, they're like back at the window of the door. Can I get back inside? And it's like they keep opening the door. So yeah. They had uh, a few days ago or so before this incident had done that enough. They'd come and get water, come in and get a ball and so much stuff. That finally one of them came and was like, I got to pee. And I'm like, just go behind the shed and pee. Stop coming in. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? I, I told him to do it. And well, then. To be fair, you didn't tell him to pee in a cup and throw it in the air. But <laughs> no, I didn't tell him to do that. But like, you know, if for a child, it doesn't take much to get there i don't don't. well i was gonna say this is this is you're gonna laugh because folks honestly we did not talk about this ahead of time so the other day your kid peed in a cup my kid peed in the bowl in the middle of his room like a play bowl it might as well have been a cup a little thing apparently my mom came over to help because we just had a uh, just had a baby about what four weeks ago and um my mom came over to help one day when i was at work like I guess uh, she went to the bathroom and found this 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 bowl of pee, and then asked one of my sons what the heck this was, and it's like well the other son apparently peed and it didn't know what to do with it in his room, and then went in the bathroom and I I don't know I don't know why he did it but yeah and it, you know what's funny what you said is what I I was I was angry at first when I heard about it and then I remember thinking to myself yeah that's probably something dumb I would have done as a kid too <laughs> yeah I, I I know it was like I I peed in a trash can once when I was a kid so. <laughs> In the house, you know, it's like, nice. so now that's like a very minor thing. Yeah. But, uh, uh, our sins are serious, like, and they're not always like that trivial matters. They're deep stuff. And the sins of parents impact the children mm-hmm. and some in very strong ways. And so you see God's judgment oftentimes. So other things atheists will point out is like the the time when God wipes out the Canaanites or even passages that might talk about dashing their infants against rocks and those right. things. Psalms, yeah. And they're hard to hear. But what we really need to realize is when people attack that, they're just attacking God's authority as creator and judge. God is God. We are not. He can take life because we all have sinned and are sinners and deserving of death. We are under the curse. And God's judgments are always just and always uh, uh, fit to the situation. And so we, we know the wicked will be wiped from the earth. And really the problem with the young Turks and anybody else on this is they simply don't fear God. Mm, that's the truth. We think we're good. We think God's commands are bad. But actually, we are the ones that are evil. God is good. And his goodness means that he judges evil. And so if you kind of bring it back around, is this a miscarriage in Numbers 5? Well, even if it is, and I'm not sure that it is, it doesn't justify abortion, nor does it prove that life doesn't begin in the womb. Instead, it proves the opposite by showing what a terrible punishment a miscarriage would be to the woman for her lying on adultery. Now her sin has not only impacted her, her husband, and her child, 
And she is stopped from the one thing that all the godly women in scripture most desire, which is having children. She now has to live with the fact that it was her sin that caused the miscarriage. Now, quickly, not every miscarriage is the result of the direct result of a woman's sin. Right. Yes. But it is the result of God's sovereign decree. Mm Mm-hmm. And he, his purposes are often beyond ours. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love him and called according to his purposes. But in scripture, to be barren, to be childless, it's never seen as a good thing. And so this is a punishment. So whether it is disfigurement or a miscarriage, it is a punishment and in no way justifies us playing God and taking a human life. Scripture nowhere gives us the right to murder, to pretend that we're God, to decide that, you know, for our own finances, our own purposes, even because it might be a terrible situation in which we got pregnant. None of those things give us the right to murder our baby or a woman the right to murder their baby. Rather, actually, if you read a passage like this and you study it in depth, it actually just ought to move us to fear God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, play a little bit more. I think we're about done with this foolishness. Your God said it. Your God said it. Are you going to listen to it or not? Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Instead, you did something anti-biblical and you uh, are oppressing women for on grounds that you don't even understand. Your, your leaders have lied to you from day one. And why did they lie to you? It was never about the Bible. The Bible says the opposite. It was always about controlling women. Like what you see? No, I don't. Um, sorry, that was an effort. <laughs> <laughs> notice how preachy he got, and yes, notice he yes. does what all false teachers do. He wants to separate you from your shepherds. This mm-hmm. is what wolves do. Mm-hmm. Your shepherds taught you wrongly. They're lying to you, but I know the truth. And really, this is what God's word is saying. Has God really said, thou shalt not murder? No, actually, God, God's, God's got something better. He's different. He wants you to murder. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, that's the voice of the devil. Yeah, that last part definitely is. Yeah, he went full on wolf on that. That's uh, actually kind of creepy. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad to hear people talk like this because um, there are people that will. I'm, I dare. I'm not even gonna look at the comments. <laughs> I'm not even gonna look at the comments because YouTube comments. Actually, uh, I looked at the comments, ways, but, and believe it or not, they were not a, a dumpster fire. Really? Um, there yeah. were a lot of people calling him out on the on the nonsense. There were there were a lot of people saying you've not correctly interpreted that, or I'm still waiting for you to oh. find evidence, show evidence that the Bible's pro-abortion. Wow, there's actually a lot of this is. Interesting, now that I'm looking at it. It's a 2018 video, but there's a lot of recent comments four days ago, seven days ago, eight days ago, ten days ago. Huh. Probably It's probably coming up with the algorithm because of Roe v. Wade, it's my guess. Well, we just stumbled onto the pro-abort Sunday school class. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're always talking about there's some kind of apologetics class. For atheists. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's this kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. So what they will do is, your Bible actually supports abortion. Numbers 5. They don't even believe God's word. For the Young Turks next video, they're gonna do uh they're gonna do shellfish and uh mixed fabrics, right? Yeah. Nobody's ever heard that one. Yeah. 
It's amazing that those who hate God always want to use his word to justify their own sin. Maybe that's an application for us there. <laughs> Let us not be like the wicked by using God's word to justify our own sin. Amen to that. All right. Well, that's our episode for today. Uh, that's actually our episode for the season, folks. So we're going to take a we're going to take a break for the summer and we'll be back in the fall. Um, we've got to really enjoy this white boy summer. Yeah. Absolutely, since uh, we've been accused of so many things. Uh, I'm not even going to get into that. Anyway, uh, in the meantime, you can always go back and listen to our previous episodes or share our previous episodes with other people that have not heard them. If you would do that, please, actually, over the summer, that would be great. We'd like to um, beat the algorithm, as they like to say, and be able to get this out to more people that probably aren't even getting it served to them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. They're probably getting it served to them on Gab. I'll I'll, I'll admit that. Uh, But... The main ones are probably not getting it. So if you would share this episode or maybe pick a favorite episode of one you had from the past, uh, share it to them on social media or post it on your timeline or post it on a page you manage or send it an email or write it in a Hallmark card and give it to them for a birthday gift. I don't know if that's a thing, but you could do that too. And, of course, as I'm going to ask, if you go to fightlefteast.com and click the sign up to become a member, if you're not, I mean, if you're listening to the show and you're not a member, what are you doing? Come on, man. Been listening long enough. It's just like episode, I don't know what this is, 70 something, 73. I think 73. So go to fightlefteast.com, click the sign to become a member. Did you know that every time somebody signs up for membership, that a young Turk cries? <laughs> there you go. I had no idea where that was going. Hey, we'll make it happen, okay? Somehow. I don't know. That'll be part of the. That, that's if you sign up with so much money, there's like tears, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, tears, yeah. Tears of tears. There you go. I don't know which one it goes first. But yeah, uh, if you are a member, thank you for being a member. But if you're not, please sign up for the code Patriarchy. Or, you know what? Uh, there's birthdays coming up, I'm sure, in your life. Uh, you could always gift it, gift a membership to somebody. Uh, but sign up with the code Patriarchy to support us. And also, they can get access to our other show, which is After the Sandwich, where we talk about other subjects that are kind of a little more low-key sometimes. Although, to be fair, we've done a few that are actually got pretty serious, too. But you get that behind the paywall on the Fight, Laugh, Feast app for members only. With that all being said, until next time, if you have not yet bowed your knee to Christ, repent and believe. And if you have, this is our call to you. Build, fight, protect, lead. This is The Patriarchy. 